I don't know what's going on now. There we go. The gremlins are out today in the studio and everywhere else. Uh, So hang on, everybody. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I don't know. I'm afraid to touch a button because it's it's going to be ugly. My music's still going. (laughs) I swear. Oh, there's just days. It doesn't pay to get out of bed, but we're going to we're going to trundle on here. All right, everybody. I would like to introduce to you, my guest is Diane Regalato. I'm hoping I didn't butcher that too badly. And Diane reached out to me because she knows we've been talking a lot about property taxes and some other stuff. And Diane has what to me was a story that I'm finding, unfortunately, is no longer rare in the state of North Dakota, a state where I used to believe uh, people were taken care of by the government and uh, and we could trust that our government would do what was best for us. And I'm afraid I've taken a bitter pill. So Diane, could you please say hello now? There we go. Can you please, Hi. could you please say hello and tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, born and raised in North Dakota, lived here my whole life. Um, brought up, we need to help each other. And that's, and that's what I am doing. Well, you know, I, I have to agree with you. Um, the thing that, that, that really spoke to me was you, uh, you were a good neighbor. You went above and beyond to, to help your neighbor here. And you, I'd like you to tell me how you got started on this and, and what basically happened to uh, this young lady where she was in trouble and needed your help from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um. So we've been neighbors for 20 plus years. Um, Occasionally we would go over and mow for her and her mom or move snow. Um, But it never really went beyond that. Um, Back in November of 2020, she contacted me and said, I need help. Mom's in the nursing home. I don't know what to do. Uh, It's like, okay, well, let's figure this out. She's deaf, 100%, has been since she was born. And now she's left in a world that she has nobody to help her. And so she brought over a stack of papers. And I started going through her papers. Um, She was in a mess. Mom left a mess. And, you know, unfortunately, I think most of us as parents do that. We don't let our kids know that we don't have everything handled. Um, Started looking at our papers, and I saw tax notices. So that was the first thing we did. Sent a, you know, a homestead credit application in for her um, and went on her merry way. Her mom did pass away, so um, trying to do a funeral and talk to nursing homes, And that kind of stuff was really hard. 
Um, I don't do any sign language. I write, that's about it. Um, so we were really at a disadvantage. I didn't know anything about really what deaf people have to go through. Um, and it's a lot. Well, now, as you were going through these property tax notices and stuff, um, obviously they'd been sent out, and obviously her mother was extremely elderly and probably overwhelmed herself. She's got a deaf daughter that's living with her. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And, and so even though the, the proper notices, let us say, were sent out, there was already a disadvantage. You have a deaf daughter who's not involved. You have an elderly woman who probably wasn't able to understand everything that was going on and felt overwhelmed. And a lot of times when elderly people feel overwhelmed, what they tend to do is ignore Yes. And so nobody seemed to, to, to take it upon themselves to do more than just fire off paper at these people. Am I correct? You're correct. Um, she had a lot of different notices from, you know, the city, the county about property taxes. Um, and I just it's really hard to jump in the middle of that and then try to, to get it worked out without somebody in those offices guiding us. Right. And they just weren't. Um, I've got a list here of, of it's one, two, three, four, five pages of extremely lengthy email exchanges. So you were actually doing due diligence. You were you were reaching out and contacting people. It looks to me like you contacted senators. Um, you contacted a whole bunch of other uh, yes. people. And basically you were, I, am I correct in, in surmising that you got the department pass? By that I mean is not my job, not my department. You have to go over here and then you have to go over to the other department and, and you were pretty much given the department shuffle? Absolutely. And what do people do when they're given the department shuffle? You stop. Right. You don't keep digging, especially with this particular case. The homestead credit is supposed to help the elderly and it's supposed to help the disabled. Not if they get the runaround because I'm not elderly and I'm not disabled, but I was getting the runaround and ready to put my hands up and say, I'm done. You know, just pay the tax. Well, see, she and got a notice. <laughs> she got a notice in November of 2022 saying she was delinquent. Okay. And I said she filled out the home credit, Homestead Credit Act. Why is she delinquent? Oh, because she didn't get a, approved for it. Was there, as you were digging through these papers, did you even see anything that said that her approval had been denied? No, they never sent it out. When I contacted the city, mm-hmm. they said, well, we don't do that. And I said, so how many homes have you stolen? Yes. I'm not telling these people that they got denied for a program that was made for them. Here's the deal. Uh, as a human being, if I filled out something like this and didn't hear back, I, as an individual, would expect that meant I was approved, skip down the road, right. go your merry way. Because right. not hearing, to me, is acknowledgement. Uh, so literally, what? so she's delinquent, has been yes. for a little bit. What what happened after that? Well, they were appalled that I would even suggest that. But I read the paper. I see how many homes are lost for a few hundred dollars in taxes. As do I. I see that. And I said, well, what do we need to do? And then they told me, well, you have to pay it. 
And I said, you know what? That's not good enough for me because this is an individual who makes $10,000 a year and the city and the state wants her to pay a quarter of her income. Okay. Here's the deal. When I look at the homestead credit benefit, and you have even admitted that this young lady is permanently disabled with her being deaf, it says right on their paperwork, their paperwork, zero to $22,000 if your income is, your taxable value is reduced by 100%. Says maximum reduction of taxable value, $5,625. Maximum reduction of true and full value is one hundred twenty-five thousand. I'd be willing to bet that the young lady fits in all these categories, including her property. One would think. One would think. One would think. So that's one hundred percent. So why should she have to pay a damn penny? Here's the next thing, though. They haven't adjusted those income or those property values since twenty fifteen. Not her problem. So when they appraised her home because of the price of inflation and the way it might not is her home value was higher than the $125,000. We know it's not. No, no. But they say it is uh, because they haven't changed that since 2015. A lot more people are going to be getting up, up against this. Here's the thing I have to say, because they kind of did something similar to, to my husband and I in, in, in Hillsborough, which is why our, Taxes went up 73.3%. Um, and that is, uh, they said, well, your houses weren't being assessed correctly. The, the, co- the, the company we contracted with wasn't doing their job, yada, yada, tap dance, tap dance, to which I said, not my fault, not my problem. You do not get to balance your books and your mistakes on my back. Mm-hmm. And I feel the situation is exactly the same here. It's, it is. They told us that she was denied because... We transferred the house into her name with the state or the city on February 19th. The cutoff was February 1st. To Sweet have a house. Jesus. They're going to they're gonna pick nits with this young lady. Now, another thing I'd like to ask you about is she went up to talk to the board or to talk to some people, and they wouldn't provide a, a person to translate for her with her hearing disability because they told you she's not disabled? Or well, disabled enough? When I contact the city first, they said that being deaf is not considered a disability. Oh, it's a good thing we have a North Dakota school for the deaf, isn't it? So if you're okay. handicapped, you know, so I, I thought about that and I said, well, it is a disability. And I said, because you're making us file an abatement, which nobody knows what that is. No. Let alone nobody that's elderly or disabled can fill out these forms because I've had college and I had a hard time with these forms. They are made to make people fail. Well, the the whole thing is rigged against you. When you look at the income requirements, basically, if you make over $42,000 a year, if you make 38000 to $42,000 a year, your homestead tax credit will be ooh, 10%. And as you yeah. just mentioned, with the inflation and stuff where they're jacking everybody's property up, that means, quite frankly, damn few people are going to apply for a homestead credit yes. according to what the government's. I mean, anybody can apply and be turned down, but very, right. very few people are going to qualify to get any recompense and relief whatsoever number one whether they're disabled 
whether they're elderly or not. Number two, you are exactly correct. I also have filled out forms with the state and everything else. And it is, in my opinion, purposely done so that you throw your hands up and go, screw it, I'll pay it. But that problem is, is that I am blessed to be able to go, screw it, I'll pay it. But the vast majority of the people that need this stuff aren't. No, they're not. And and they're so, the, the state is so out of touch with its constituents. I mean, I've contacted them and they said, well, the deadline's over to supply new bills and stuff. And I said, it's the beginning of January. How can it be over for the year? Well, and here's the other thing. We have a woman whose elderly mother just died, leaving her the estate in a mess. She's deaf. She was living at home with her mother. She missed the deadline, even with your help, by basically a couple of weeks. And there's yes. no bending here? Are you no freaking bending. kidding me? That's what we got from the city when we went to the city council meeting. It was... You know, they had already decided what they were going to do before we got there because on their agenda that they passed out, it says, we recommend this be denied. That's BS. So they already knew. So I, when I saw that, I said, you know what? No. I got up and I brought her with me in front of them and I said, you are going to meet the person that you are denying. Good. And I told them everything because what they are doing is wrong. You know, wrong. I got to tell you, I have rarely been so disgusted uh, than, than the last couple of years with North Dakota government. I, I used to be blind. I used to think that all of our problems were at the federal level and that North Dakota was this wonderful little island of peace and contentment and that we were going to be able to muscle through as people. And the, the more I have, uh, peeled back the layers on the onion of the North Dakota political uh, scene, I have discovered more and more of this type of lack of caring, uh, laissez-faire attitude and cavalier attitude by the people that are supposed to, quote-unquote, represent us. And it seems to be taking the biggest impact, quite frankly, on the most vulnerable of us who have no ability to stand up and fight. And this, this young lady, she's... Quite frankly, ass over tea kettle. Her mom's yes. just died. She's being left with a, an estate that's just that's mismanaged. She already has a handicap in communicating, and she's being yes. told, quite frankly, too bad. Skip down the road. You'll have to figure something out. Yeah, they told us about another state program, but it's just a band aid. It's not fixing the problem. Didn't the they problem tell you to use COVID like- money? Um, they did because the COVID money was shifted from the COVID stuff into housing stability. So now <laughs> the HHS department is in charge of that COVID money and helping people with their homes. Of, of course, HHS is in charge of that because that's the new mega department we're building right now yes. in the legislature. Because you yes. see everywhere and everything that you are going to be able to do and probably in more importantly not do is going to fall under the envelope of HHS in the future in North Dakota. And that will be somebody that you don't have the ability to, uh, let's see, elect, 
fight back against and if and if you think fighting back against the Minot City Council is fun, imagine when it's HHS at the state level. I'll get right back to that in a second because I have to do an obscene profit break for Southtown Poorhouse, <laughs> where I would love to tell everybody that every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse. Stop in for your favorite drinks and of course happy hour. And don't forget about their three dollar burgers on Tuesdays and the awesome steak specials on Thursdays from five to eight. Make sure to check out Southtown poorhousegf.com to find out when your favorite band is playing live. And I do not have a band list today, so you're going to have to go out to their website and find out which band is playing. Every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse at 2015 Library Circle next to the Grand Cities Mall. They are open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And they are looking to hire. So get out there, enjoy some good music. And if you need a side gig, grab a job application. Okay, so um, you actually went to some of your legislators, and yes. what? Because you, you you tried the obvious, you went you went through the through the system and got no relief. What was the response from our golden legislators, the people that are designed to represent us? Well, in my district, and you know, it's the same as as the neighbor ladies. We have three representatives that I contacted. And I was contacted back, or I got a response back from one out of the three. He was very nice. I, you know, he, he tried to help, but he said his hands were tied, that the legislative session had already been got, begun, and there was not time to get a new bill or anything introduced this year. So maybe next year. Oh, Perfect. So, so while while she's sitting over here not able to pay for her medication, yep. because she's paying for property taxes, she can wait till next year. See, that type of compassion, that type mm-hmm. of that type of we can we can help our people is is what I have seen a lot of, and it really chaps my hide because you know, let's say she was a perfectly healthy person and everything else, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But yes. this is a person that's got some added issues, so which makes it, in my grand scheme of things, doubly wrong. And I, I have to say one thing. You got a response from one out of three of your legislators on this? Correct. One <laughs> out of three. Uh, yeah. For the people, by the people. Probably three or four weeks. Yeah. For the people, by the people. Here's the thing. You want to know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of our government representatives telling us in multiple ways how they cannot do something yes. as opposed to sitting down and going, damn, you can't, you, you, you've got to be wrong. There has to be something we can do about this. Give me some right. time. Allow me, allow me to dig in here and see what I can do for you. None of that. But they're sure good when they answer at all when they answer at all, about telling us how these are things that we cannot change. But you know the fun thing I like is when it involves them, laws are bent, laws are broken, laws are cast aside, laws are invisible, century code, invisible, when it involves what they want. But we want something, and guess what? Nobody's home. 
at this point, it's not even a want for her. It's a necessity for her. But you, you know, know, like it is for most of us. Here's the thing. I truly believe this in my heart. I believe that they want her out of that house. They want her under health and human services control. They want her as an indigent person. They want to be able to take whatever estate her mother left her. And of course, that will go into state coffers for her care because she's only Mm -hmm. disabled when it suits them. When they can take her under the wing of health and human services, which they will do. She will be lovingly referred to as disabled at that point. And she will probably be put in some sort of controlled housing, which is not what this young lady wants or needs. No, no. She's been in controlled housing her whole life. You know, she can't, she can't communicate. She doesn't know when somebody's on her property knocking on her door like we do. You know, so she's been controlled her whole life. You know, we used used to work to help these people become independent. So not only did they feel better about themselves, but they were not as much of a drain on the state, right? And now what we appear to be working towards is putting more and more and more people on the state teat so that we can drain their resources dry and and then the state can qualify for being their uh, caregiver from cradle to grave. Yeah, that's, that's true. And we're that's hiding true. it under the Health and Human Services banner because that sounds so much better than the Gulag uh, com- controllers. That is true too. I mean, I'm sorry if people want to say, "Kit, you've got a you've got a, a tin hat and you're you're um, an explosive personality." I'll agree to the last one. But but everywhere I look, especially with the legislative bills that are coming across, show more and more advocacy for state control and state involvement in your life. They want to get involved in homeschool. And they want to get more involved in um, child care. They want to do this. They, and all of this is being funded by property taxes in a lot of places, which is why yeah. they cannot afford to allow this young lady to live free. No, but that's what we're supposed to be here in North Dakota. We're supposed to be free and limited government, right? One Isn't would think. What- Isn't that what we are so great about? Well, and I thought what the other thing we were so great about was helping people like this young lady to to become self-sufficient, that there should be somebody. If Health and Human Services wants to do something, why aren't they in her house helping her to uh, have a camera system like a ring doorbell or something that flashes Mm -hmm. a light so that if somebody does come to her door, she can pull it up on her phone and see who's there and decide whether or not that she wants to let them in. I mean, we're supposedly such a super tech state, and we've got Mr. Burgum, who's, you know, Mr. Tech, and we can't figure out a way to go in and assist this young lady to stay in her home with the technology that's available, with the machinery that's available today that we can't do that for, I call BS. I agree with you. I did contact because her house wasn't equipped with um, fire detectors that she could notice, you know, because her mom had lived there. So her mom was there. So I contacted the fire department. I said, what do you guys do? Can you help me out? I don't know what to do. Yep. What did they say? Go to Menards and grab one and then put it up. Okay. Yeah. See, there's special things like this. There's phones, obviously, that flash lights mm-hmm. when things are going on. Uh, with the, the detectors for the people that are deaf, they're also designed for children. 
uh, they, they flash a light so that even if you're asleep or whatever, the light is, is designed to, to right. bust through you. I mean, there, there are a myriad of things that I, as an idiot sitting out here, not in a department for health and human services, can come up with. <laughs> sitting in the chair, little 67-year-old non-tech me can go, I can fix this. But see, I have right. the mindset when someone comes to me with a problem, my mindset is there's got to be something we can do. Not to sit right. around and tell y'all why we can't do something. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing was, you go to Menards or wherever, and she's obviously on a fixed income. We've already discussed that. And you look at a fire, a fire you know, thing and and you look at it and it's five times the price of ones that aren't oh yeah cheap they're not and see here's the thing we've got a senate bill coming down senate bill 2151 which by the way i uh that is senate bill number 2151 people and you need to contact your senators like now yesterday because this is a 10 million dollar uh pull from the legacy fund for refugee loans yeah, I, I, I used the word refugee loans. They want to take $10 million out of your legacy fund for refugee loans. But we can't seem to find the money in the uh, uh, way that we're expanding health and human services by the millions of dollars, billions, I think, actually, uh, to help this young lady get a fire alarm, a ring doorbell, and a TTY phone. Uh, yeah. I call... I call BS people. I'm sorry, you're going to hear that a lot today because I am on fire. Uh, this is one situation that yeah. is is out there, but it it really raises my ire because this is a like you said, this is unconscionable that that a person from North Dakota and I'm assuming she was born here and has lived here all her life, yeah. correct? Yeah, 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 she has. But we can find a way to get $10 million into refugees' hands uh, of loans, but we can't manage a way to help this young lady who's been a citizen of North Dakota all her life. Three, uh, two, yeah, two out of three legislators won't even return your email. And the one that does, bless their heart, spent the entire <laughs> email from what I managed to read telling you all the ways they can't do something. Am I pretty much capsuling that fairly well? Yeah, you are, which is sad because she is, they are vulnerable and they need to be protected and, and not taken advantage of. And she's being taken advantage of. Here's, here's something that I, I really want people to understand. Um, this is one story. I would be willing to bet that there are Dozens, if if not, I, I may be stretching it, but I would be willing to bet in in North Dakota that there's at least dozens, if not hundreds, of similar stories. Not where people are deaf, but where people are elderly, because we have a growing elderly population that doesn't understand the computer. Because I notice when I when I go out and talk to people in these departments, they go, "Well, if you go to this web page and stuff." Now, I'm blessed. I can muddle around a web page, and after a few choice adult verbiage words, uh, I will eventually probably either find what I want or I'll get on the phone and call somebody and sit on hold, by the way, and wait until they get to me to help me with that. But imagine the people that can't do that. She um, tried to call the Social Security office, and she needed an interpreter, three-hour hold for that. 
Well, see, and and now what's going to happen is uh, I just got to you know, wait until they go to digital currency. When when everything is going to be digital and they will be able to simply take the money that they want mm-hmm. out of your account. And then she's going to sit there probably. It, it's, it was uh, it was 25 below zero this morning at my house. Now, imagine not being able to afford your heat because you're paying your property taxes. Imagine mm-hmm. not being able to afford your water bill. So your pipes freeze and everything else because you're, you're paying your property taxes. Imagine being elderly. So what you do is you sit there because uh, you're of the generation that wouldn't ask for a glass of water if you were on fire. That and you correct. just sit there and you die in your house. And then you want to know what they do? They're going to come in and they're going to take your property. They're going to, they're going to say it belongs to the state. They're going to sell it via the state. And they're going to collect all the money. And they aren't going to do a damn thing otherwise. I'm just guessing, but what do you think? She's ripe for the picking. She has nobody to leave it to. She has nobody to help her. She's prime for them to to do that stuff, and it's not right. And, you know, if if they sell that house for overdue property taxes, anything they sell it in excess of goes to the state. She doesn't get oh. that money to survive, It'll, unless they've changed it right recently. So, so if she owes ten grand and they sell that house for the inflated cost of, let's say, two hundred fifty thousand, they take the ten grand that that they're owed and they take the rest of it as well. She's wow. left sol. How about that, people? Yeah. Now, if that's not a land grab, if that's not a. Uh, Robbery, as you said, are we just supposed to wait here while you steal her house as well as you've stolen other people's houses? And and the funny thing I love about this is there's legislation going through right now for their carbon pipeline, their carbon credit pipeline, where they want to make sure that they don't have to pay property taxes on that. (laughs) Because they're out of control. I well, you know why? Because it's going to be benefiting a bunch of people that are in the legislature, and or their relatives, and or the people that they know, and so they want to make sure that that they're getting their land, all good money up front for that, and then when the pipeline comes through, that they're not have to having to pay. Pro- they're covered left, right, front, and center, but we have a little deaf girl in Minot, and yes. she's being left to tread freaking water. Yes. Oh. <sighs> Yes. I, I passed. I, mean, I passed angry. I passed angry uh, when we were just talking about this before the show. But I tell you what, uh, it's 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 making me even even more angry. And I, I can't agree. imagine you 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 dealt with it and bounced. Did anybody in any of the departments even go? Let me see what I can do. No, um, the only one. Actually, I'm wrong. Yes, the state tax lady from the state tax office. She has been working diligently trying to find ways. And she said, well, technically you can apply for it with her mom's name because her mom's owned the house for a little bit in 2021. But then you have to go through the abatement process and the hearing process and all that again. And who wants to do that? Well, and again, she's deaf. Yeah. So to go through the the whole process and stuff isn't going to be easy no matter what. No, and then to try to explain to her what an abatement is so that she can understand it is impossible. 
It's impossible. Well, I'll be honest with you. I struggle. I struggle with a lot of the verbiage that the state uses. I'm going to come right back to that, but we are going to do a quick property property break here for executive properties. And uh, Paul, can you hit the commercial for me? Our team of professionals at Executive Properties Construction have over 30 years of experience. We pride ourselves on doing quality work at a reasonable rate for our customers. Just check out what past customers have said in our amazing Google reviews. Then contact us today to get started on a bid for your next project. You can call us at 701-330-1273 or email info at executiveproperties.org. And check it out. We're hiring. We're building our new team for snow removal for this upcoming season. Contact Jess for more info at jess at executiveproperties.org. Okay. You know, there are a lot of bills that are coming forth uh, for property tax uh, abatement, not the least of which is my least favorite, which is Governor Burgum's income tax uh, Credit, which is going to do people like this young lady and the elderly absolutely bupkis of of uh, of good, but it will do the the wealthy people that have great income. They're going to really actually they're going to be shoveling shoveling money into their coffers. But there was a interesting one, uh, Doctor. Uh, excuse me, Senator Kurt Kroon, Republican Grand Fork sponsored bill twenty one seventy seven, which would freeze property tax bills of homeowners age sixty five and older and would encourage older residents to stick around their homes uh, and, and prevent small towns from drying up. And I have, I've been working with a lot of small towns. And the people that I talk to there, yes, they are attempting to attract younger people in, but any loss of population is grievous. And so by keeping the elderly people in their home, which is where they'd rather be, and by freezing property tax, it seems to me that we could add disabled to this as well as those 65. And this wouldn't eliminate property taxes. What it would do, it would um, freeze the amount of the property tax most recently levied against the valuation of their primary residence. Tax bills would remain in place until improvements are made, which I have a problem with. So you do what you would like to do, which is improve your home. Yeah. And so what's the first thing they do? They, they tax you for that because you've made improvements. But you don't improve your home, and they condemn it and take it anyway. Oh, about that. Yeah, okay. But you're already taxed. Yes. But you tax when you go buy the sheetrock at the store or yep. the paint at the store. Yep. That's sales tax. times. Yep. How many times you've got to be taxed on the same dollar? Well, and that's the thing that I'm I'm going at is is see even when they tell you they're going to freeze your property tax and they'll pay twenty five percent of it or whatever. What happens is the school the school board decides they need to build a new school. So what do they do? Mm-hmm. They go out and increase the valuation of your property. So yeah. you have saved nothing. No. Nothing. Thing. And the state knows this. And what's the best way to make a land grab? The best way to make a land grab for any property, whatever it is that you may wish, is to place the property taxes out of reach of the people that are living on the property. So then they have two choices. Don't pay the property tax, at which point you default. They come in and take it and all the money anyway. Or attempt to sell that property which you may or may not be able to do at a righteous price and move on. And then that becomes someone else's problem because they're eventually going to be in the same boat you're in. It is a recurring cycle. And these people at our legislature seem 
unwilling to do a damn thing to fix it. But we can give $10 million to refugees coming into our state. Oh, and I love this. You want to know what? Uh, I have protested the, the bill about the refugees, and I was told that this bill does no such thing. It would establish an office to assist North Dakota businesses to work with legal immigrants who are needed as workers here to get the proper visas and vetting to be able to come to North Dakota to work. Well, how are they in the country if they don't have the proper visas and vetting? The next thing I'd like to know is then why, if they have the proper visas and vetting, do they need $10 million in loans? And why are we calling them refugees? Instead of, immig- instead of legal immigrants in the bill. Uh, I've got some real questions. The bill has nothing to do with the concept of sanctuary cities and related law enforcement issues. Now, the other thing I'd like to mention is the fact is if we need these people so badly, then why are we still paying people's rent with COVID money? Why was your young lady told that she could possibly get her property tax paid for with COVID money. Yeah. We're, we're, we're stuck in a circle, people, where people don't have to work because the state's paying their bills, one way or the other. Now we've got this young lady who can't get her bills paid. Who all, she, go ahead. I mean, I'm, you, she, ha, you have to forgive me. I'm wild I mean, right now. She can't work. You know, she can't work, even if she wanted to. What kind of work can she do? Well, that's just it. And, but but we're, we're having people that are completely... Able to work. Yes. Able to work. And we're complaining about all the help wanted signs and everything else that are uh, up in the, in the source. But what are we doing? Well, we, we can't survive as a state unless we bring in these refugees. And to bring in these refugees, we have to take $10 million out of the legacy fund. And, well, we can't possibly reduce your property taxes because then what would the schools? You know, I am so sick of this mm-hmm. rationalization. And... To me, I cannot be, I cannot be the only person in this state that is looking at this going, are you freaking kidding me? Do you think I was born yesterday? I mean, seriously, you've got to be able to see this. You could drive a truck through most of this. And then what we're looking at, and this is what really concerns me the most about individuals like your young lady and this uh, this eminent domain thing that they're working on for the pipelines and stuff is because House Bill number 1503, people, allows foreign land buys to start occurring in the state of North Dakota. And we are, we are covering this one up by saying that North Dakota could become a juggernaut of uh, dairy and cattle if we would only, if we would only allow corporate farming to start occurring in the state of North Dakota, if we would only allow uh, foreign corporations to come in and start buying our land and start doing good things for us and providing that well-needed money for the state, which will probably a lot go to the legacy fund, which apparently is for everybody but the citizens of North Dakota, because I haven't seen where it's come back to us at all yet. No, not a penny, sorry. See... I'm sitting here looking at the various ways that they're supposed to be able to tell us when they're pricing us out of our homes. Um, A letter is supposed to be sent out stating that uh, a cumulative increase of more than 15% from the amount of the previous year's assessment has been given as a notice. There also happens to be uh, an argument that goes on there that says that that amount can be nothing greater than 15% or $3,000. 
And I know we're seeing people who are having their property taxes increased more than that, who probably have no idea that that actual rule I just read is in Century Code and is being ignored. Because you want to know why it's being ignored? Because, see, they can say, well, you had your opportunity to protest. Well, if you haven't been, got, been given the letter, if you haven't been told how to do it, and if the process for protesting is easy as easy as you've gone through with this young lady, I can't imagine why more people aren't protesting, can you? Yeah, no, no. It's, but see, then again, it only matters when they want it to matter. When it would help her out, we got to go by the rule of the law. But when it helps them out, we can do whatever we want. I'm seeing more and more of that every doggone day. And I'm seeing where they've been called out on it because they've actually violated century code. They've violated law in many areas. And I know that people have called them out on it. And that's why in this legislation, there is a massive skirmish to rewrite century code and to do a bunch of legislation that will cover their asses for some of the stuff that has happened in recently in the past that they've been called out on. And I find it very interesting that there's more work being done on that than there is to benefit the people of the state of North Dakota by eliminating something that has been the bane of our existence for quite some time now, which is yeah. property taxes. Yes. I just... I'm left almost speechless as to uh, what we can continue to do. Now, have you given up? What are, what's your next move? No. Um, she actually was reached out to via text from Ward County and asked if she planned on being at the Ward County meeting to talk about the abatement on her property. Okay. Because the city said, because we're denying it, According to the law, the only one that can change it is the county. <laughs> pass the buck, pass the buck, pass the buck. Okay, so let's say that's true. Are they going to provide her with an interpreter? Yes. Oh, um, we, we got that win. We do have two interpreters in the city of Minot, period. Now, are so, they paying for her interpreter? Does she have to pay for it? Is the no, interpreter coming in gratis? No, they How- have provide it okay good that's that's a huge step suddenly she's not she's suddenly she's disabled again yeah right because maybe somebody squeaked a little loud maybe i mean that's what happens right yeah you know i gotta tell you dan you are an absolute doll um not many not many neighbors would have would have gone through the hoops you have. They, I'm not saying that we aren't good people in North Dakota, but what I am saying is that you have had a tough road and you have kept at it and you've kept, you've done what I did. You got angry. Yeah. <laughs> now it's personal, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is because now I have to protect her. Because, you, you know. You're my kind of people, Deanne, because you see, that's yeah. the same thing that happens with me. All of a sudden I'm just like, oh, okay. Now now it's personal. Now right. now we're taking this one on. You are an absolute doll. And I, I would like for you to do me a favor and I would like for you to keep in touch with me and let me know how this works out. And um, if she does win the property tax thing, I would like to to know if there's anything we can do to go through the state to get her home upgraded so that she can live safely, independently, 
Uh, because we did put up we did put up cameras for her. You did though. Uh, yes. See, see, you and God bless you for that too, because I've got to say, you know, again, we can provide ten million dollars in loans to. Uh, yes. Right. To, to refugees, and we can't take care of a young lady who is deaf and has lived in our state for the entireness of her life. Uh, you'll you'll forgive me if I'm chuckling a little bit about that. Yes. But um, I want you to keep in touch with me. I am going to let you go here. I'm going to do another okay. profit margin break, and then I have a, a, a video that I would like to introduce. So if, you, if you're watching at home, hang tight with me here. And uh, Deanne, God bless you. I will be in touch with you because I do want to hear more about her story. Thank you so much All for right. being with us Thanks. today. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I am going to do a Life Vantage Profit margin break, and then we're going to get into something fun that we haven't done before. Life Vantage, do you take collagen? Have you heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen? This collagen not only replenishes your body, but helps your body create its own collagen using natural products and maintains it. It finds out more, to find out more about this amazing product, please contact Stephanie Krinelka and Life Vantage. For more information, check out stephk.lifevantage.com. Or text 701-230-9306. You can click on, click on the link on grandforksbestsource.com and be taken directly to LifeVantage. Or you can email skbesthealth at gmail.com. Biohack your life with LifeVantage. I actually had a, uh, a chance to watch a video. Uh, today and I, I'm not a necessarily a big one for watching videos, especially videos that are about uh, ten minutes long. But this one is excellent, and I'm going to play it for you, and then I'm going to come back and comment on it. And the reason I'm going to play this video for you is because it hit home. It 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 really hit home for me because it describes almost exactly my journey from uh, fast asleep at the wheel to looking around saying what the hell is happening so uh paul if you can play this video for everyone and then i'll be back to sum it up a little bit for you hang tight people it's hard to think the unthinkable but there comes a time when there's nothing else for it people raised to trust the powers that be who have assumed like i once did that the state regardless of its political flavor at any given moment is essentially benevolent and well-meaning, will naturally try and keep that assumption of benevolence in mind when trying to make sense of what's going on around them. People like us, you and me, raised in the understanding that we are free, that we have inalienable rights, and that the institutions of this country have our best interests at heart, will tend to tie ourselves in knots rather than contemplate the idea those authorities might actually be working against us now. I took that thought of benevolent, well-meaning authority for granted for most of my life. God help me. Not to put too fine a point on it, I was as gullible as the next chump. A couple of years ago, however, I began to think the unthinkable. And with every passing day, it becomes more and more obvious to me that we are no longer being treated as individuals entitled to try and make the most of our lives, but as a barn full of battery hens, just another product to be bought and sold sold down the river. Let me put it another way. If you've been driving yourself almost demented in an effort to think the best of those in charge, those in senior positions in government, those in charge of the great institutions of state, 
those running the big corporations, but finding it increasingly impossible to do so, then the solution to the problem might be to turn your point of view through 180 degrees and accept, however unwillingly that we are, how best to put this, being taken for a ride. When you find a stranger's hand on your wallet, in the inside pocket of your jacket, rather than trying to persuade yourself he's only making sure it doesn't fall out, it might be more straightforward to draw the conclusion you're in the process of being robbed. Once the scales fall from a person's eyes, the resultant clarity of sight is briefly overwhelming. Or it's like being handed a skeleton key that opens every locked door, or access to a Rosetta Stone that translates every word into a language instantly understood. Take the energy crisis. If you felt the blood drain from your face at the prospect of bills rising from hundreds to several thousands of pounds while reading about energy companies doubling their profits overnight, while being commanded to subsidise so-called renewables that are anything but green, while listening to this politician or that renew their vows to the ruinous fantasies of net zero and Agenda 2030, while knowing that the electricity for electric cars comes in the main and most reliably from fossil fuels, if you can't make sense of it all and just know that it adds up to a future in which you might have to choose between eating and heating, then treat yourself to the gift of understanding that the powers that be fully intend that we should have less heat and less fuel, and that in the planned future only the rich will have cars anyway. The plan is not to fix it, the plan is to break it and leave it broken. If you struggle to think the best of the world's richest, vacuous, self-obsessed, A-list celebrities among them, endlessly circling the planet on private jets and super yachts so as to attend get-togethers where they might pontificate to us lowly proles about how we must give up our cars and occasional holiday flights, even meet on the dinner table. If you wonder how they have the unmitigated gall, then isn't it easier simply to accept that their honestly declared and advertised intention is that their luxurious and pampered lives will continue as before while we are left hungry, cold and mostly unwashed in our unheated homes. Here's the thing, if any leader or celeb honestly meant a word of their sermons about CO2 and the rest, then they would obviously lead by example. They would be first of all of us, willingly giving up international travel altogether. They would downsize to modest homes warmed by heat pumps. They would eschew all energy but that from the sun and the wind. They would eat with relish bugs and plants. They would resort to walking, bicycles and public transport. If net zero and the rest was about the good of the planet and not about clearing the skies and the beaches of scum like us, don't you think those sainted politicians and A-listers would be lighting the way for us by their own example? If the way of life they preach to us was worth living, wouldn't they be living it already? Perhaps you heard Bill Gates say private jets are his guilty pleasure. And how about food, and more particularly the predicted shortage of it? The suits and CEOs blame it all on Vladimir Putin. But if the countries of the world are truly running out of food, why is our government offering farmers hundreds of thousands of pounds to get out of the industry and sell their land to transnational corporations for use or disuse unknown? Why aren't we as a society doing what our parents and grandparents did during World War II and digging for victory? Why is the government intent on turning a third of our fertile soil over to rewilding schemes that make life better only for the beavers? Why aren't we looking across the North Sea towards the Netherlands, where a WEF-infected administration is bullying farmers off their land altogether, forcing them to cull half the national herd? 
Those Dutch farmers are among the most productive and knowledgeable in the world, holding in their heads and hands the answers to all manner of questions about how best to produce food. And yet their government is so intent on scaring them out of the business that a teenage boy in a tractor taking part in a protest to defend ancient rites and traditions was fired on by police. Why do you think it matters so much to the government of the second most productive population of farmers in the world to gut and fillet that industry? Why? Why have similar protests in countries all across Europe and the wider world been largely ignored by the mainstream media, a media that would have crawled on its hands and knees over broken glass just to report on a BLM protest that opening a bag of non-binary crisps? Why the silence on the attack on farming? And while we're on the subject of farmland ownership, why is computer salesman Bill Gates buying so much farmland in the US? More than a quarter of a million acres in 19 states at the last count, while simultaneously promoting the production and sale of fake meat? And why have so many small planes crashed into massive food processing plants in the US, sparking fires and thereby hobbling the production and distribution of yet more of the very stuff of life? Why is this happening to farmers and farming all across the hitherto developed world? Isn't the simple, obvious answer the answer that makes most sense and that is staring us in our trusting faces that power for the power-hungry has always rested most effectively upon control of food and its supply. Why are the powers that be attributing this to a cost-of-living crisis, when everyone with two brain cells to rub together can see it's a cost-of-lockdown crisis, the inevitable consequence of shutting down the whole country, indeed the whole world, for the best part of two years? Soaring inflation, rising interest rates, disrupted supply chains... Might they be calling it a cost-of-living crisis as part of their barefaced attempt to distract us from the fact that while ordinary individuals face a life-and-death struggle in the coming months, the corporations have celebrated their share of the greatest transfer of wealth in history? Doesn't that seem more likely? However unthinkable, might it not be more compelling to ask why our government and governments around the world have effectively stood by and held the coats of huge corporations while those money magnets pulled almost all of the world's wealth into their already creaking coffers? Are our governments more interested in enabling, in aiding and abetting the rich than in lifting so much as a finger to protect our livelihoods, our ways of life? I'm only asking. What about the money in our pockets? Why is it getting harder and harder to use good old cash, notes and coins? Why are we being nudged further and further away from spending power we can see and hold and towards a digital alternative that exists only on the hard drives of the banks that run the world? Why is that, do you think? Rather than dismiss as yet another conspiracy theory the idea of cash being ultimately replaced with transactions based on the exchange of what amount to glorified food stamps that will only be accepted if our social credit score demonstrates that we've been obedient girls or boys. How about taking the leap and focusing on the blatantly obvious, that if we're not free to buy whatever and whenever we please, free of the surveillance and snooping of governments and the banks that run them, then we have absolutely no freedom at all. And while we're on the subject of money and banks, why not pause to notice something else that's glaringly obvious, which is to say that the currencies of the West are teetering on the abyss and that one bank after another is revealed to those who are bothering to watch as being as close to bankruptcy as it's possible to be without actually falling over the edge. Then there's the so-called vaccines for COVID. I deliberately say so-called because by now it should be clear to all but the willfully blind that those injections do not work as advertised. You can still contract the virus, still transmit the virus, still get sick from the virus and still die of the virus. 
Denmark has dropped their use for under-18s. All across the world, every day, more evidence emerges, however grudgingly, however much the various complicit authorities and big pharma companies might hate to admit it, of countless deaths and injuries caused by those medical procedures. And yet here in Britain, and just about everywhere else, governments continue to try and get those needles into as many arms as possible, even the arms of the smallest and youngest. The ripe stink of corruption is everywhere. I trusted authority for most of my life. Now I ask myself on a daily basis how I ignored the stench for so long. Okay. Uh, I couldn't have said it any better. It, it was an important video for me to show you. You need to start asking yourself why. Uh, my husband and I were talking last night and we said we were trying to figure out when we, I hate to use the term, but when we woke up and we realized we were in trouble and that our, uh, our trust had been misused and abused. So what I'd like to tell you people is we are in a battle. We are in a battle for our freedom. We are in a battle for our culture. We are in a battle for our way of life, and it's worldwide. Now, I may not be able to do anything about what's happening worldwide. You may not be able to do what's happening worldwide, but we can take care of our backyard, and our backyard right now is North Dakota, and it's just as bad here. And there's just as many people that are pushing the same agenda that that gentleman just spoke about. And every time you ask why, you're censured, uh, your, your posts are taken down, you are laughed at, called a tin hatter, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, conspiracy theorists, that's one of my favorites. People, there's a lot going down, and there's a lot going down in North Dakota. There are two bills, HB 1039 and HB 1040. Each are 30 pages long and discuss the way to salvage the employee pension plan. If both of those bills pass, it will be the tune of $500 million to fix the situation that the state of North Dakota allowed to happen to the state employee pension fund. $500 million in just those two bills being considered this session. We've talked about $10 million wanting to be taken from the Legacy Fund for refugees. We've talked about a lot of things these last couple of shows. We're going to talk about even more next show. But I need your help. I need you guys to go out to the state website. I need you guys to go out and find out who your senators are, who your House of Representatives are, and I need you to email them. Don't expect them to answer. God knows I don't. But leave a paper trail showing that you tried. Hang on to those emails when you send them. Put a read receipt on that. And please, 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 don't give up. Don't figure there's nothing left you can do. If we uh, happen to be going down in this battle, let's go down swinging. They're still in the legislative session. Reach out and touch some of those people that are supposed to represent us. They seem to be exceptionally good at representing themselves and the other power junkies that are showing them the way in the legislature of North Dakota. And just a little sideline, in case you want to share this podcast, uh, we are going to be out on Rumble, and we have a new website now, commonsenseuncensored.podbean.com, if you want to listen to only the audio. Everybody, I love you. I need your help. We need each other more now than ever before. Please share these podcasts, get the word out, and informed public is something a politician hates more than anything on the planet. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. Take care, people. Bye-bye.